0: gm gm this is the web three writers hour it's september 19th 2023 i'm cd domicchio joined by my co-host wait a minute he's not up on the stage uh edward carpenter we've got odd writings here riona morgan is joining us we'll get her up on the stage too edward i've sent a co-host invite to you hopefully we'll get you up here soon there's cryptoversal man the gang is all here um Okay, so let's say good morning to Odd Writing. since you're up. How are you, my friend?
1: Hey, can you hear me?
0: Loud and clear. Lima Charlie, as they say.
1: Oh, cool. Okay, this is the first time that I am connecting to a Twitter space using my desktop because apparently I no longer need an emulator to speak. They added the ability on the uh, on the desktop version and so here
0: i am testing it out live sounds good the excitement never stops at the web three writers hour that's awesome i'm I'm glad that they added that functionality it's really it's an important thing oh we had edward what the heck we lost him um cryptiversal i see you're here welcome How, how are you my friend
2: i'm doing good how are you doing cd I'm doing pretty good too. I
0: love. Uh, yesterday, you made a post that you're incredibly optimistic, and it was such a positive post that I was like, "Is he being sarcastic?" But I think you were serious, right? I, I was being serious.
2: I was also alluding to there. There was an airdrop of uh, optimism from the Optimism Foundation, um, and so unexpectedly, I, I got a little bit of of optimism in my wallet. And uh, yeah, was not was not expecting. It's been it's been a long time since uh, something like that has happened. So I think that's a good sign.
0: That's a really good sign. Um, I'm going to have to check my wallet because I use Optimism, so hopefully something there. I think we've got Edward Carpenter now. Rihanna Morgan, we see you, but let's see if Edward's up. Uh, hopefully I'm here. Can you guys hear me okay? We can hear you just fine, sir. I know uh, saying awesome. up is a, like a double entendre with you because it's 2 a.m., I think, where you're at. But how are you today?
3: It's actually 4 o'clock um, because I have, uh, I'm no longer on the West Coast. I'm back on the East Coast. Um, but yeah, so early days.
0: Well, that seems much more reasonable. Riona Morgan, we haven't heard your bright, shiny voice yet. Let's hear. How are you?
4: I'm doing just fine. I still have this crazy allergy cold. So my voice is a little nuts, but I'm so great. Um, I'm doing very well and I'm so happy to be here with all of you.
0: You are so great. Uh, Hey, so
4: Edward, has suggested a
0: really great topic, I think, for this morning to, for us to start out. We can just dive into it, uh, and then uh, and then we'll check in a little bit and see what everybody's looking at, what they're working on, things like that. But, Edward, do you want to introduce that topic? I love it, by the way.
3: Uh, sure, I can go ahead and um, throw a couple of things out there. And The first one was kind of, um, you know, what are the best tech solutions that people have found um, for things like uh, you know pre mint and mint platforms, um, and and also I kind of was then thought maybe it's more interesting to talk about you know we're very limited in our um, our own resources of time and attention. So should we be focused on monetization or building reputation? You know what is value um, in our particular niche of NFT space? So. That was, I guess, um, my question for the group, and I have a few thoughts on it, but uh, would love to hear what other people think first, perhaps.
1: I think uh, I think it's a balancing act. But, well, I guess obviously it's a balancing act uh, between networking and monetization, uh, because sometimes one can lead to the other, and and uh, but more than more often than not, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it just kind of it, if it happens, it happens, and so it's more of a chance thing. I mean, I found. When I when I do when I try my networking thing, I, I end up, you know, maybe making a connection uh, unexpectedly several, you know, several days or weeks afterwards. It's not something that's that's immediately uh, measurable. So it's, it's really hard to say what what you know, what the optim, what the optimal
0: sort of mix between the two is. So I'm staying quiet to give other people a chance to talk because sometimes I feel like me talking too much discourages other people from talking, but um, yeah, I, I think it's a really great and provocative question, Edward. I mean, the, the bottom line is that value and monetization um, influence and monetization. They sort of go hand in hand in this space. So if you have a louder voice, um, you know, metaphorically speaking, then it's likely that you're able to reach more potential readers which means more potential book sales. So, as writers, I feel like building that aspect is much more important than finding a way to um, to monetize in the in a sort of NFT sense. But I do want to hear. I know cryptoversals. You're always doing different things in this space, and I bet you have some pretty deep thoughts on all of this.
2: Well, I you know. I've had to readjust my expectations um, enough that that I, I feel I feel like I'm constantly readjusting them, and 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 it's it's gotten to the point where monetization is sort of, sort of like a you know a thing that's over the horizon. Um, i I've, for for me, um, I, I have an interest in the technology, I have an interest in um, developing a community, but. It, it, it doesn't seem like like the environment is really conducive to generating huge amounts of enthusiasm that translate into monetization uh, currently. Um, so so I, I think I, my, my focus my focus now is you know it's it's doing interesting things trying and trying new things picking up new skills um, and and recently I've been looking back over the the two years that I've been in the space. And, and things that I you know maybe tried and set aside, uh, and rediscovering them, and and you know this this week I kind of rediscovered the um, back in January we, uh, it was it was the uh, lunar new year year of the rabbit and I and I did a, a eight part release of a story vignette and some poetry and and then I kind of forgot about it and moved on to other things, um, and it's been interesting to say well no now that now that you know this is this is still on the blockchain. it's on the blockchain forever. Um, there's, there's one of those pieces is actually still still minting and mintable and people can can go in and grab it if they wanted to. Um, but we're coming up on in a few months another lunar new year. It's going to be the year of the dragon. and it would be great to revisit and then build on the past and, and, and create, a, create a legacy and create a tradition and create something annual. And I would love to find someone um, for whom this is, this, this you know, Lunar New Year is something I've always enjoyed, but it's not part of my personal heritage. Um, I would love to find someone of East Asian heritage to, to take over the project and be a project manager and really make it a celebration that's personal to them um, I have a few months to find someone. I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping someone uh, steps forward. But but I think I think there's a potential to build a community around just just that. And it's something that a week ago I, I had completely forgotten about it. It was completely out of my mind. And and there's there's, there's all kinds of artifacts on the blockchain uh, that that people have created that may be forgotten in the moment but have the potential to become something big in the
3: future. What do you think, Edward? So I, um, I actually found that um, rather interesting. You, had, you mentioned uh, the idea of uh, just experimenting with new things, learning new things. Um, and I actually learned some, some interesting stuff uh, just today. Uh, I've been really struggling with the, the latest issue of Arts and Poetry. My big sticking point had first been getting video integrated at all. Um, but then it was um, I could not get uh, the sound to play. the video was playing um, in the interface and and sound would just not work. And it worked in Firefox, but you know Chrome is the big browser and it turns out even Bing I think is written in chromium. so this 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 fact that I could get the video but not the sound, um, it turned out yeah you know, most of what you found in searching was about, um, you know, settings in Google, it turns out it's actually about the codec, the audio codec that you use. Um, and it, it turns out there is a fix there, but it wasn't, a, you know, there will be other people who might benefit from having this knowledge somewhere. And so all, one question is, you know, it tied back to my original thing. Where do we, where's the best place to share all the little tips and tricks that we learned? Um, but that, that idea that you had, had gone back and rediscovered something Um, It turns out that, uh, and again, I was just going through some of my old folders, looking um, for things, and I came across uh, a short story that I started for Riedel's, you know, Christmas contest, um, getting close to a a year ago, and I didn't finish it in time for the contest. I would think I was actually working on the the first issue of Arts and Poetry then, but yes, one of the questions, you know, one of the things, like, how do you um, organize your old stuff? Because I think I'm, I have a lot of uncompleted short stories, essays, just essay ideas, um, poems. I usually finish right off because they just kind of flow out. But that would be another like, what's the best practice that um, we might be able to share in that?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I don't I don't have an answer right off the bat, but um, that that reminds me of various things that I've discovered because I tend to forget. For example, if I try to sell an NFT on OpenSea or or you know some other platform. Most of them have a time limit so that, like, you know, if I set it on, on a fixed price thing, it's maybe for three months or one month or whatever. And I invariably forget about that. And so after, the, after it, it doesn't sell and then three months later, it's no longer on sale, but I'm not notified of that. And I've often thought about that. You know, there ought to be some way of organizing things in such a manner such that I can re-put something or, re, you know, relist something for sale. At a strategic time, like you know, before a holiday or, or before something that is somehow related to the content of the poem. So I just wanted to throw in the, you know, no, no answers for me, but uh, <laughs> but a recognition that that yeah, that would be a
2: really good uh, a really good tip to know, uh, you know, how to strategy for. That would that would be a good feature at the marketplace level to to be able to set reminders and you know as. I mean, I, I would imagine that's not too hard to implement. It's just a matter of the developers putting that in. Um, maybe we should give them a give them a nudge in that direction.
3: Yeah, one of the uh, the other technologies I was going to um, ask people how they felt. Um, Rian, I I appreciate the uh, the invite to Warpcast. Um, I've had a few conversations on there. Have not yet um, gotten as involved as I I might like. Well, one of the questions is, you know, should we be pivoting to that platform? I don't know if anybody follows an account called NFT Gods, but it it he's done some he or she or they have done some really deep research into uh, Twitter's algorithm, and it it turns out that the algorithm punishes you for doing things like say um, having a conversation with a small account or an account that has like whatever Twitter thinks is a bad thing, which I guess is maybe having you no know, more more following more people than you follow, um, in some ways, you know that there's no reason. I think anybody should be penalized for that. Uh, but should we be, you know, pivoting away um, from some platforms and to other platforms? Are there Web three alternatives? Uh, just curious what people might think about that.
0: Okay, I've I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and it's a big problem because there's so many platforms, there's so many alternatives that it creates a sort of fatigue you know and what twitter has always brought is everybody's there right that's that's been the thing that x or twitter whatever you want to call it has brought is that at least it's some place that everybody has an account there um but you know we've got some of our people we're so fragmented some are on blue sky some are on uh you know, they all seem to have good ideas and X continually alienates and makes things worse and worse, but what X has is the ability to do these spaces and, and X has, you know, everyone here so everyone has accessible, but that might change. I mean, Elon mentioned that he's going to turn it into a paying network. Um, you know, I paid for the blue check. I think some of you out there also paid for the blue check. I paid for a year in advance because I thought that's the only way I'm going to be able to like, not throw up and stay on this platform without getting so frustrated that I quit. Because I do feel like there's gonna be some good things coming on this platform, but I could be totally wrong with that. So I don't know, in terms of like Warpcast and Farcaster and Blue Sky and Um Lens, you know, they all seem to have good things. But the problem is they all have very limited commit communities and it's re- it's just as hard to connect with people there, maybe harder than it is to connect with them here. I'm going to echo Odd Writings here. I don't have an answer. Like I wish I did. You know, I I know Neil Stevens, Neil Stevenson, the the guy who created the term Metaverse. He's working with a, a platform called linnea One. It's his platform, and they're sort of developing a social, you know, writer oriented Metaverse that I, I have hope for, but. But at this point, I mean, there's a part of me that just wants to quit everything and go back to writing with a pen on paper.
3: You happen to have a link um, or anything for Lamea 1? Um, Stevenson's actually one of my very favorite authors. I always uh, look forward to his new books coming out and usually learn something about you know thinking about the future from them. Um, and I had not heard of that.
0: I'll uh, I'll see if I can find it. Um, I'm going to hand the mic to someone else, and I'm going to find a post and put it up in the nest so it's there.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. Much love to Neil Stevenson, and um, m- much interest in anything he's developing. Um, I-, I know personally, for me, social media has always been sort of a chore rather than anything that I that I really enjoy. I, I like connecting with people. I like seeing what my friends are up to. But in order to do that, I have to I have to endure just so much garbage and 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 increasingly um, with X the, the the just not knowing from day to day what what new crazy twist will be introduced into the platform, um, I you know it, it, the transition to to Warpcast or Lens or you know uh, Linnea, um you know probably still would be a chore for me. I, I I don't, it's, it's, it's not, it's not what I enjoy. It's not what I'm good at, but, um, yeah, if if you're gonna, if you're gonna have a business or if you're gonna be a writer and, and, and be, a you know,
0: out there, um, it's, it's something you need to do. And Edward, I found that and I posted it, posted it up there. Um, you're, you're sort of a sparkling optimist in so many ways. And, You've used a lot of these different social networks and these different ways of, of communicating with your community. What have you found? What's working best for you? What's, which ones are your favorite and which ones do you, do you find that not putting a lot of time in is a good idea?
4: Yeah, um, good questions, all of those. Um, Twitter or X seems to be the place where all of the Web3 people congregate. And so you, like, you guys are all here. You're also on Lynn's, some of you, but it's gated. And so it's hard to get there. And then it's hard to interact with people there um particularly because you're not there, right? And then same with um Farcaster or Workcaster um however we refer to that social media. Um that's and I like I like that T2 is associated with Lens. I like that paragraph is associated with um Farcaster and I think that that's a very clever approach. Um, but I keep coming back to Twitter. I keep coming back to to X because this is where everyone is, just like what you were saying. But then I also spend a little bit of time on Instagram because that's where the web two people are. I spend a little bit of time on Facebook because that's also where web two people are. And same with Goodreads. And I even have a TikTok and I even have a Pinterest because that's where that's, you know, I'm trying to trying to walk the fence between web two and web three. And it's such a different. It's such a different world being on Facebook versus being on um, Twitter that's kind of this Web3 um, hub. And so um, it's, just, it's just interesting. And, and I do, um, honestly, I get fatigued with the social media stuff. Um, and so there's some, some weeks where I can post on every single one and I'm just doing great. And then there's some weeks where I'm like, you know, I'm not even going to post anywhere because I'm just tired and I have to have time to write. Um, so it just like pulls at you. There's so much to do. So that's really, that's the really honest, um, feedback on that. But I also, I, I, I love being able to interact with people and I love being able to connect with people. And uh, there's an awful lot of DMs, an awful lot of what project are you working on? How can I help? And what can we do? And, and so I really like that. I really like that connection that we find um, with our networking capabilities. So um, yeah, does that help? Yeah, I would
0: say that definitely helps. I mean, what it sounds like is even the most optimistic uh, among us are frustrated by the the wide variety of choices and the amount of time that it takes to, to engage with all that. But it also sounds like none of us have a very good answer for it, which, you know, is sad. But I guess that's that makes misery loves company. We can say that, right? <laughs> you know, and at least we're all looking. So maybe, you know, when we do find it, we'll all be there because we all communicate and we're all, you know, share multiple lines of communication, which is pretty great.
4: Well, and I would jump in and say, Edward mentioned him, NFT God, um, his, his posts are really powerful and so informative. So if you guys don't follow him, I would definitely recommend, I never recommend follow this person, but, um, that's not a web three writer, you know, but, but he, he really is. It's really interesting in, in his take on how this works. And it's like almost, he has Elon's ear or vice versa. And so he jumps in and he'll actually give code, um, screenshots of code that are like, these are the kinds of posts that Twitter doesn't like. And these are the kind of posts that Twitter does like, like currently, um, Twitter likes the long form posts, like something that's longer than the normal tweet and, um, the being the real person. And so I haven't jumped into that trend yet because I'm working on a project. And so I just, am like, I, I, next month I'll work on it, <laughs> but just maybe jump in and follow him and, and see the things he's adding to, to this conversation.
0: And I, I have to say here that I, I hate, algorithmic, um, determination in a social platform. Uh, the reason why I join social platforms and the reason why I follow people is because I want to follow them. And when an algorithm is taking away that ability from me, Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I, if I follow you, I want to see, you know, the pictures of the food that you're eating. I want to see your stupid, funny joke that, that nobody else maybe thinks is funny except me and you. I want to see the, um, you know, about your travels and your family and and stuff like that. Um, and the fact that algorithms decide this kind of post is good, this kind of post is bad. It just, it, it makes me livid. Honestly, I just want a a social network that does not do that at all. Go ahead, Edward. Yeah. So it's, um, I do have a
3: hack for that, but, um, it raises a, a concern for me, I guess. Um, the hack is, uh, you can, just create a list of the people that you're most interested in that content. And then instead of accepting the default timeline that Twitter gives you, um, you just open that list and that'll have like kind of the latest and greatest from those people. The problem with that, I think, is that uh, let's assume that everybody would kind of like that experience. Um, and we're small group animals. And I think 150 is the max. You know, my wife and I often talk about this. Are about the maximum people that you can interact with regularly. Um, so if you, let's say you follow 150 people, um, you kind of max out at that. Uh, and you wouldn't be able to really, you know, let's say you had 600 people you followed. But let's say you also had like 10,000 followers. What does an ecosystem look like if, you know, if everybody had 15,000 followers, but also followed 15,000 people? Otherwise, it's like we're we're much more interested in some people's you know you know globally I guess you know thoughts and experiences and pictures and whatever than others so that's um just one way that you can do it. I actually have a bunch of different lists for you know things that are of interest to me um and I guess you could be featured on or, or follow other people's lists, but one thing is if you know if we're all making a web three writers list, that goes back to kind of the duplicative nature of things like um can we not have one person who has the master list and then we all just you know open that list when we want to uh see what's what with our our web3 friends so that's just a thought and kind of a, a curiosity
0: it's interesting i like the the 150 thing I, i've i've heard that for years that like that's like the the number of actual like friends and close acquaintances that you can have and so you know, if if we were to do that, like, let's say a social network came along and it said, okay, your max number of follows is 150 people. But then I follow Cryptoversal and Cryptoversal follows a different group than me. So when he's retweeting something from his network, I'm actually following him, but getting exposure to these other people. I feel like I feel like that could really work like a, a network that said you can follow 150 people. That's the max that you can follow. So pick them carefully. And sometimes you would be like, I'm not really getting value from following Cryptoversal or Riona retweets everything Cryptoversal does. And so I can see that or vice versa. I'm not trying a single Cryptoversal out and you would change it and add someone else. Um, but it's a really interesting idea, Edward, that 150 person as a, as a, you know, a limiter.
3: Yeah, there's another interesting number. And yeah, I think Tim Ferriss says that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, and I think he was maybe talking about, you know, real life, but, um, you know, how many of us spend time with a certain subset of people in social media as well? And What does that do sort of to our average, not in terms of the algorithm, but in terms of kind of raising or lowering our performance? I think that's why I often, you know, go out of my way to come to this group is because i feel that you guys tend to raise my average um and maybe five is not the magic number maybe tim's a bit off but he's a pretty smart guy so um again just maybe something to think about uh and also the other question is are we raising the average of those around us or or are we lowering it so
0: well this is probably uh the group that Creates my average. <laughs> We've got right here. If we add Quanta and Er Donaldson in, uh, this is this is the group that I'm, and and also uh, indefatigable. This is the group uh, that I'm spending the most time with online. So it's a pretty nice average. I love it. Um, but hopefully, I'm not bringing, I'm not dragging y'all down. That's what I'm, I'm hoping. So, okay. Speaking of dragging down, so this has been interesting, and I feel like we could, we could go here a lot further. And we can do that if you guys want to, or we can actually sort of move on to another topic. And one of the things that I was thinking about this week, we we touched on it yesterday in VMGM was royalties. Um, Now it feels to me like royalties are no longer a part of the conversation because if you don't have uh, the platforms that are enforcing it or the code that's enforcing it, then it's going to be lowest common denominator, you know, everybody's going to go pick 10 apples. And then when someone picks 11, they're all going to pick 11 and 15 and 20. And pretty soon people will be stripping the trees from the apple tree or the, the branches making fires and, and then no apples for anyone. So Royalties feel like they're gone to me but Cryptoversal has some thoughts on that and he's been using some different platforms that are enforcing royalties and I I would really like to have that conversation with all of you like are royalties still something as writers that we can have a conversation in terms of web three blockchain writing about. Yeah, I think I think they are. It's by the way. Uh,
1: excuse me for butting in like this because I've I've since noticed now that I'm using the desktop version, there seems to be no way for me to raise my hand. So if I want to speak, I'm just going to have to butt in.
0: Um, uh, we're all friends, man. Just just butt in. I think, uh, especially for a small group of friends like us, we can we can all just inter- interrupt each other or jump in when you want to. See, yeah. I just did it to you. Yeah, no, that's good. That, I'll just say real quick on on the on the royalty thing. You know, I mentioned OpenSea
1: earlier. Um, I've, I've continued playing around with OpenSea because I've noticed that um, when I post something there, it defaults to having you support the royalty, and it actually shows like a nice little hand holding a heart that says like, "Oh look, I'm such a good person. I'm you know, I'm I'm selling this. I'm trying to resell this NFT, and I'm and I'm supporting the royalties. And see, look how good I am supporting royalties. So I can look at it you know sarcastically that way, but at the same time. I have yet to see anybody repost an NFT a re- attempt to resell an NFT on OpenSea without that. So I think maybe even though OpenSea is not, you know, forcing it, I have a feeling that people are going to still or at least a, a majority of people are are going to be uh supporting royalties just even even if it's uh, you know, you know
3: voluntarily. So my take is that royalties are a very important part of the ecosystem. They're one of the things that you know, I said it, it was what set um, Web3 writing apart in some ways from traditional and even, you know, Web2 like Kindle. Because if someone was, you know, bought two copies of one of my short stories on Kindle, there is no mechanism for them to resell one. And if they bought two hard copies of one of my books and then took one down to the local, you know, used bookstore... Um, I would never get anything, any percentage of what they, um, so that this idea that we could have like royalties that, you know, maybe when I'm 70 or 80 years old, I'm still occasionally getting some, you know, that's an important thing, I think. And I believe that part of it, that's, that's part of the advocacy mission. We as um, writers, but but all artists should be communicating with people to say, you know, if you're buying something that is a, you know, a utility-based NFT or a prestige-based NFT, like one of my Enigma miners or a, a bored ape. Um, and things were generatively made and there, thousands of them were minted. Um, and someone made, you know, some corporation made a lot of money off them already. Then many royalties are not a big deal, but if you're supporting an artist that you believe in, a poet or a writer or a visual artist, um, then you would think that you would want to always check the block um, for the royalty. Uh, but again, I think that we have to communicate that. Some people will intuitively understand it. I think as a collector, you know, I would always uh, want to resell with a royalty. Um, I would also like a platform to default to that so that I have to make the effort to not sell. Um, but that's uh, just my thought on that.
5: To jump in with a terrible pun, I, I feel like maybe Blur has blurred the line here just a little bit. But i but, but, you know, I mean, like, what these guys are going for is, like, this maximum trading volume. It's basically wash trading, right? Uh, like, if you're actually a serious collector and you actually care about the thing that you're buying and you care about the person that made that thing and you care about the person that you're selling it to, um, you know, I mean, yeah, just the fact that you couldn't do it before, but uh, like, where where is the, the, the intrinsic reason not to, right? I mean, this is something that you couldn't do
0: before, and that, that's the only reason that people weren't doing it. True enough. I mean, you know, the reason why royalties have become not a part of the conversation is because we've been catering to people who are in it for the money, not in it for the creativity, not in it for the art, not in it for the collecting, right? They're in it for the the money. Um, and that's, that's been a problem for a while. I mean, as soon as the money comes into any space, you start getting the people that are there strictly for the money. And that's, that's always a problem. Uh, Hey, I want to change gears for a second. Um, I want to say hello to Jessica Artemisia, who I've invited uh, to join us on The Space today. She's just had a book come out, or she's she's just received the proofs from it. Uh, The cover looks amazing. If you follow her on Twitter, you'll be able to see the cover she showed it. And also, uh, yesterday, the reason why I invited her or a couple of days ago was because she made a post about creating a platform and how The Space is not ready for it. Jessica, good morning to you, and thanks so much for joining us here.
6: Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's been a while since I've been on a space, and this is really exciting. So I know that um, you know there's been a lot of uh, turmoil and people are really down right now, so yeah, it's good to get on here and everybody like chat how we're gonna you know move forward well
0: that's that's what we're trying to figure out. you know I mean as creatives and as writers, um, we all are going to keep creating and, and keep moving forward but but how we do it. Um, you know, that's, that's the question, of course. Hey, so I wonder for those who aren't familiar with you, could you introduce, um, sort of what you've done in the space and maybe tell us a little bit about your book? Cause we all love poetry, poets and writers and books. So it would be awesome to hear about it.
6: Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. So, um, I got in, I minted my first, well, I like created a project back in June, 2021. Um, and I minted my first NFT, in that project on June second, and it was about creating a collaborative storytelling universe using the um, new ownership structure that NFTs allow. So it's like, you know, instead of CC zero, it would be like CC to the person who owns that character. And so I was really excited about this. Had it up and running, like you know, got it running in 2021, and. Then I sadly realized that, you know, my collectors, they didn't want to be part of a, um, you know, a storytelling universe or like, you know, they 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 aren't fans. It's the fan base wasn't around. It was all like speculators and flippers and traders, basically. So I started trying to figure out how do you, because I have a marketing background, digital marketing. I've been doing that for a while. I'd had marketing agent, digital marketing agency. Then came into Web3 as a writer to develop new business models for writers. And I quickly realized that um, there was something really special in using a token to reward people in your community for participation in your community. So I started developing rewards programs and um, being a lore master, so guiding communities in writing the lore behind... Stories um, behind their NFTs, creating the universes, and I um, did a a manga with a project on Solana, and then I was I was really into rewards programs. So then um, I ended up working for Rug Radio. I created their rewards program and developed their, designed their decentralized media platform. So created two apps, one with Expand, um, designed it, uh, designed the Expand uh, Rewards app, and designed the uh, decentralized media app and system for rug radio um i don't know if Rug radio is going to be using my design um going forward i don't know if they're like doing anything in actually in the decentralized media but um that's what they say they're doing so i designed it (laughs) um and now i'm so i'm a poet an essayist kind of like you know just i'm also kind of you know just writing whatever kind of comes to my head i'm not really utilizing the space i guess in a marketing sense right now i'm just talking with friends <laughs> that's all i'm doing
0: well i mean that's what we're doing here and that's uh, i know this is your first time here but the web3 writers hour that we're just a, we're a group of friends that gather and we have a conversation about uh, a variety of topics every week so um for those in the audience we've actually sent out invites you're welcome to come up and talk with us too and jessica it's amazing i had no idea that you'd actually created um the rewards program for rug radio i so I've followed rug radio for a long time from far away, just sort of like being aware of it I, I should say. but the thing I've always wondered is is rug radio actually like is it radio or is it is it like Twitter spaces or is it podcasts? I'm so confused by what rug radio actually is and um, and I, is it also, just a rug? <laughs> oh Dylan, you're, you're on fire today dude you must be uh, but are, are you a dad suddenly? Uh... I, I think I may, maybe I had like a
5: kid out there somewhere uh, just very very recently here. I, I just wanted to jump in and say hi to Jessica. Hey, long time no chat. Hello.
6: Hello, hello. Nice to see you. It's so funny. I just was going to go follow everybody, and I'm like, damn, I'm following everybody already. I'm like, all my friends are here. <laughs> so that's so great.
0: Okay, so tell about Rug Radio, if you don't mind. Um, because...
6: I'm. You know, I want to. I want to just say I don't. I don't want to talk about Rug Radio.
0: <laughs> okay.
6: Like, yeah, just don't invest. That's all I would say.
0: <laughs> that's uh, that's you know you don't need to say anything more. Hey, you know what? Um, speaking in terms of decentralized media, um, what I what I have gotten much more involved in is NFT now and the the now. Um, I think they're calling it like the now network now and and what they're doing. And they they just recently released a podcast as an NFT, which was pretty cool from, uh, from South Korea. Um, they, I, I don't know. I feel like they actually are like walking the walk and it's, it's pretty neat to see that. Is anybody else following NFT now or what they're doing? I think there I'm just was a little bit.
1: Yeah. I think I've just seen a few things from them, but I don't, you know, it's very off and on. I don't, I don't follow them religiously. So I'm not, uh, I could learn from this conversation.
6: I stopped looking I I kind of tuned out um of the space for about three months after I quit Rug Radio. Um I'm move I'm kind of like more interested in tuning back in only because of the people, but not in the person like the personal relationships with like the people that I care about here and maybe meeting more friends. But um right now I'm pretty bearish on web 3 in general, to be honest. So it's really just the people and the what the the values and ethos that attracted people to web3 um and if people are still in web3 right now then they probably very much reflect those values and uh so i kind of like just love it here for the people but i mean you know the money only moves when the kind of like sociopathic influencers pump it so it's just like a consolidation of um it's just a comp- like a Iteration of consolidation of every time, like, there's a pump, more money gets scooped up by, you know, the kind of central people who pump and dump. So that's the only way to, there's no, like, I don't see, I don't see money happening. Um, I don't see, I'm not here for the money. Let's just say I don't see that as like a way to build, to be honest. Um, but the technology is interesting enough that, um, you know, we can use it to build things that don't necessarily market to Web3, which is like 99%, ninety nine 95% like flippers and finance bros and people just literally, literally, totally in it for the money. And you don't even want them in your communities because they'll trash it as soon as they lose $10. Yeah,
3: so that $10 price point is interesting to me because I think that um, early on, I think there was a, this idea that everything could or would be worth, you know, one or two ETH at least, and everybody could get rich. And the reality is, is I think that, you know, if you look at writing, you know, for poetry or short stories or even novels, you know, the, what the average collector can, can afford to pay generally is probably somewhere between, you know, five and and $20. I mean, that's what a book goes for. Um, and many people, many people in the real world, you know, they, they get their books from libraries or secondhand stores, and they can't really afford to pay that much. And yes, every once in a while, you may have a patron like Cosmo de' Medici, you know, or someone who can afford to pay a huge amount of money for a, a one-off of something. Um, and actually, you know, the idea of, you know, how do we leverage patrons to, you know, sponsor, perhaps, putting out editions. That then are free or very inexpensive for people. You know, that's one of the things. One of the, the things I'd like to try to do in the future. Um, but but yes, yeah, just this idea that that everything can or should be, you know, a multi thousand dollar item. Um, I think is a bit at odds with you know sort of the, the macroeconomics of the the market for writing. Um, I'm just curious what uh, what other people might think about that.
6: I couldn't agree more. Um, even back in 2021, June 2021, I was like, I want people to buy my stuff for $10, you know, I, I don't, and I don't want it to be a $100 um, transaction fee. I want people to buy my NFTs for $10, enjoy them, become a part of the community, read the stories, write their own stories, join in and create their own universes, their own worlds and everything, um, you know. Like I'd rather have a thousand people spending $10 than like one person spending $10,000. And yeah. And then also another thing to consider too is not just like NFTs, but also like having a token that you use um, like uh, on Matic or something like that. And you use it to reward people for liking, sharing, um, submitting lore prompts in your stories or um, sharing your poetry on TikTok or something like that. You know, that's a great way to get engagement and kind of like hack the algorithm. Um, and you know, another way to reward your fans for just doing what they already do and building a much stronger connection with them because it's a two way street of value, co- you know, like a, a, a value environment, a value ecosystem. And so that's what I was working on with, um, Rewards programs. I really, really believe in them. I am a decentralized, ma- decentralization maxi. I do believe in, like, you know, the power of ha- creating decentralized um, fictional universes, creating um, decentralized business um, communities. Like, I'm developing that now. Um, that's like my next project to start with. And then I'm going to get back into writing. By the way, I just discovered, <laughs> I don't know if anybody, like, okay, for anybody who is a fiction writer, um, Claude AI is amazing for um fleshing out stories, writing um uh like oh, I had such a great conversation with Claude. I'm like, so tell okay, this is like the situation, this is it, and then like flush it out and it flushed it out and I'm like, whoa, this is so good. And I'm like, okay, give me um, you know, the the story outline. I'm like, change it like this, blah, blah, blah. And then you can move it into pseudo write and write the entire prose for you. And then you've got your first draft in like a week or just two days, honestly, of an entire story. So I just wanted to drop that little bit of, like, goodness. Like, expand rewards. So you go to expandgg, X-P-A-N-D-G-G, to uh, have a rewards program to grow your community. Write with Claude, A-I, and PseudoWrite. That's S-U-D-O-W-R-I-T-E. And... um. You know, you've got this whole little thing going, and then you can use Thirdweb to uh, create a token and um, for free, and create like um, contracts for NFTs that you can just like sell for ten bucks. It's on Matic, but like, you know, I guess like a twenty dollar transaction fee on a ten dollar item is just like not that great. And at the end of the day, it's not about really uh, collecting or speculating, it's about collecting something you love because you love it, you know? So and the utility that it can provide. Like then you can set up a Discord that is token gated in different different ways. You can make that token be uh what token gates people's access to the rewards program and that kind of thing. So that's what I'm working on. I just thought I'd like take that opportunity to just like drop some information and hopefully it helps some people if you guys are, you know, because we're all writers here.
1: Yeah, oh my guys, God! I can it's definitely amazing. tell you. Like, follow have, Robbie on Twitter. Yeah, please, please, uh, say, uh, you know, copy those links uh, or or put them in the comments somewhere. Uh, that would be that would be very good to know. I w- I would like to uh, just add real quick. Uh, uh, I think I think on the price points, it the way I've seen it is that, or the way I tend to approach it is that um, I'm okay with Ethereum having high fees and then other blockchains having low fees. Because that means that over time, I would imagine that they're gonna that that sort of they're gonna have different populations, you know, attending to them. So, for example, when I write a poem, I'll write do I'll, if I do a one of, of one of one that uh, that uh, that I spend a lot of time on, I'll put it on Ethereum and put it at a high price because if you have a high fee, the high price makes it seem irrelevant, right? So if someone's willing to pay you know, a $10 fee, but the poem itself is $100, you know, people, people with a lot of money that are into prestige, they might be willing to do that, but very few, you know, very few of them, whereas I'll do something else that uh, maybe a haiku that I spend less time on have it be, uh, you know, much more affordable and, and put it on either Matic or Tezos or, you know, one, one of the other, one of the other blockchains. So actually I see some benefit of of actually being able to sort of strata, stratify the, uh, the audience, uh, the audience that way. So just wanted to say that.
6: Yeah, totally. Actually, I completely agree with you. Um, I, I would definitely do kind of more um, like if I were to do additions, for example, I wouldn't necessarily do them on, um, um, Ethereum, uh, because they would be for a different purpose, but that's, that's actually a different thing. But like, you do want to have some things that are like, this sets kind of a tone for the value of the collectibles. So collectibles in terms of like, if I did a one of one, you know, I did an oil painting or something like that. I'm a, I'm a, like, say I'm an artist. Or if I have like the first edition of a book, or I have the proof manuscript for a book, you know, the real life thing, that would sell for maybe tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you know, if if it's that kind of that kind of um, offer in your environment, in your in your ecosystem, like ETH is for that for sure. I definitely agree with you that like incorporating ETH as um, An element in your ecosystem is super important, but you don't necessarily have to build like you don't have to build around ETH necessarily. You can be cross-chain. Tezos is really amazing, especially for like um, PDFs. uh, If you want to put any writing um, on the blockchain, Uh, I hear Zora actually lets you mint uh, mint PDFs now. Plus, um, here's another cool thing. Real quick, uh, I, I have not actually mentioned the PDF on Zora. I just heard that, so you know, uh, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> um, and then also, you can do .js or JavaScript, um, and I think looks rare. Like you can read it on, you can sell it, and people can view it, on looks rare. And then there's a pr- a program, the free program on, I think it's free or like a couple of bucks, on Steam that's called Tuesday, and you can create interactive novels with it that's a .js it's a javascript file that you can mint on looks rare
0: wait like uh like choose your own adventure
6: kind of novels yep exactly visual visual novels too so it's visual so you can use ai which of course i mean there's like mid-journey or dream studio or like stable diffusion so yeah hey um not to
5: you know, take away from all the awesome places there are to mint. That's like super cool. But right at the beginning of what you were saying there, it sounded to me like you were saying that you uh, like to mint a one of one, like a first edition of things to Ethereum and then mint more additions to a different chain where it costs less, potentially like a totally different price point. And I'm not sure if that's actually where you're going or not, but if it was, I wanted to just, you know, Please ask you to say a little bit more because that sounds freaking awesome. Like that sounds like a really cool idea. I can't believe nobody's thought of that yet. Uh, I
1: would. Well, there's some issues with that though because there's some people that uh, they've, they've had entire talks about this where where uh, someone gets a one of a one of one, or they they know that there's like three copies on say Matic, and so they assume that there's three copies. Period, and they don't realize that there's another five copies on Tezos. And so some people are very much against that, that you should never mint the identical NFT on each one. So what I tend to do is I'll, I'll write a poem. I have, I have like a little background and then I'll put a little watermark on the top and it'll, and it'll say the watermark will be very faintly visible and it'll say Tezos or so it'll say, you know, it'll basically be the blockchain of where I'm putting it. Um, and then the collection that I make includes the blockchain and the name. So I'll have, you know, strange haiku on Tezos strange haiku on base right and so that way i can avoid the issues when people say hey you know this isn't actually a one-on-one it's like well they're actually slightly different if you if you zoom in you can see this this has a water blah, blah, blah. so that that gives me kind of a little out there because you could get into some trouble i think at least reputationally if you meant identical things on different uh, different blockchains that's that's a, a point of contention
6: yeah i agree with you on that um So, what I meant by, like, minting different things on um, different uh, blockchains, like, so it wouldn't necessarily be the same thing. Like, usually, um, because I have different types of NFTs in my um, ecosystem. There would be, like, character NFTs that are individual characters that people can buy and write that character's story in the universe. And, um those would be one of one, but like on Matic. And because I just want people to like, basically, it's an entry ticket into the world, they create their own avatar, and they write a story like kind of LARP as their avatar. It's kind of like a ticket into the universe. And it's their kind of, you know, avatar in the universe. Now, if I um, felt that something was more valuable, um, and not just arbitrarily, I guess, like, I wouldn't just say, oh, this is valuable. It would be Like if I were to do something like um, more than just an AI generation, um, like something that I actually put hours of my time into, whether that's a book or a composition of art of some kind or an animation or something like that, I would probably sell it first as a one of one um, on Ethereum or just mint it and then maybe sell it in 10 years when it's actually more valuable. Because I don't expect to get royalties. So, by the way, I would sell half on it. for my Ethereum contracts. I would sell half and keep half just expecting not to get royalties um, if I sell anything at all. Um, but then on if I were to mint on Tezos, Tezos or Matic or something, um, I would change it in some way. If it were something similar, if it were like, you know, an edition or something like that of like a book. Um, because maybe it's right, it has certain, like, rights. Like, let's say, for example, I, cr- let's say you can mint a PDF on Ethereum more than just on Zora, like, on Manifold too, and you can view it in your Manifold gallery, which you can't. I've begged Richard to do it, and he just, like, won't do it. It's free, so obviously, like, he does not have any, like, he doesn't have to make stuff like that. Um, I, if I were doing it on, like, one version of the book just for, like, collectability and visual- Pleasure, beauty. I'd make a really beautiful edition using, like, you know, AI illustrations and maybe some animations. Maybe it's an interactive PDF, but it's visual. It's beautiful. It's a piece of art. And if I wanted to have, like, maybe make that something that people could take the text and actually rewrite it their in their own version, or, or just you know, like open up the copyright to of the text to people to reimagine and write like fan fiction from it um then i would maybe sell 30 or 300 copies of a very simple pdf on tezos does that make sense
5: oh yeah yeah you're giving me exactly what i want here, uh, folks this is the only reason that i actually bought a rug radio uh, membership NFT, right here, right here. This woman is extraordinarily creative and she has lots of really cool ideas.
6: Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that.
0: Uh, it's true, Jessica. Obviously, like I'm so glad that you accepted my invitation and you came and joined us today because, you know, in the Web3 space, we're all in a little bit of a like, I, I don't want to say dark, but we're all sort of like figuring out how to navigate in the dark at the moment and how to how to get through everything that's going on. And um, And it's really cool. You brought some rays of sunshine. You like brought an oil lamp into a room that the, the kerosene lantern was sputtering. So thank you for that.
6: You're so welcome. Like, I just, I love it. I love the people here. I love the ethos. I love the technology. I get a little burnt out sometimes on the realities um, and disappointed with how things go but you know you know we keep going we keep persevering we don't give up
0: this is it so hey i want to um we've got a few more minutes here i I just want to open up the mic if anybody has anything that they want to share edward i see your hand up but let's also rihanna go ahead after he's done throw out what what you've got going on and cryptoversal uh odd writings dylan please share before we go
3: and yeah, just really quick, since we've got a few other poets in the room um, next week, uh, working with um, the the folks over at Lit, we're going to be doing a virtual reality um, poetry reading event in their Litadel in On Cyber. And just wanted to throw out um, two days and find out. First off. Um, it will be about this time, about 2 p.m. Eastern, and looking at either Wednesday or Thursday to try and deconflict Monday, Tuesday, and Friday, which several of us, I think, have um, other obligations. Uh, and then the, the question from the Lit team was, um, if anybody, if I give, give them a list of poets, they'll actually do some uh, promotional material, um, just little profiles and things like that, so... Uh, If anybody is interested, if uh, either Wednesday or Thursday is a particularly good day for you or bad, I'll take that into consideration. If anybody wants to say, uh, yep, I'd like to be featured um, as a person, uh, just reach out to me via DMs. I know I don't want to. I'm wasting our time here in the forum.
5: I'll give a quick plug to the Worldview Ethics Project uh, that I'm doing with Quest of Evolution. SA6 is going to be launching one week from today on this 26th of september and that actually brings this project to a close so we will have uh, gotten all the way through it this is the piece on distributed cognition that everybody's waiting for and actually if you want to read it early um there's two ways uh, you can go to my scent page and there's an nft you can collect for 10 bucks and, and you can get early access to all this stuff that way or you can jump on my friend tech and and there's a there's a link in there in the chat so
2: and I just wanted to plug the um, tarot series I'm doing. Uh, it's basically I'm, I'm doing my look back at previous projects and bringing each one forward and and presenting perhaps it as a building block. Uh, and would love to get some people involved on if something something particularly strikes you on. Hey, I could I could take this and run with it. Um, there's going to be lots of opportunities for that.
4: And I can jump in really quick and say, Jessica, it's so nice to meet you, and I'm so excited to hear all of the things that you are doing. Um, next, I want to say that Storyverse is reaching out, saying that they are actually opening a call for writers. So if you're interested in being part of the Storyverse universe, they've, um, they're have they broadening their IP all of the time. They just brought in um, Pudgy Penguins, I think is how um, you say that, that um Project. Um, and so if you're interested in that, just go ahead and DM me, or you can DM Storyverse themselves and let them know that I sent you. So that would be wonderful. And then I've got some new things coming um, with the Seven Love Stories project. And so that's on the horizon. And we're just all building. This is so amazing. It's so exciting. So thank you so much. And Jessica, if you are not yet a member of Paige Dow um, please, um, chat with Dylan and he will help you do that because we would love to have you join us, um, at the page now. Okay. And I'm
0: just going to close out with a few things here. So first of all, Dylan, I know that I owe you an essay for quests of evolution, um, and worldview ethics. Second, we have the VMGM space every Monday morning. Uh, that's Vagabond magazine. Good morning. Come join us on that. And you can, check out the podcasts if you haven't checked those out we have a lot of fun it's we talk about everything web3 and that's vagabond magazine uh, the, the web3 lifestyle magazine uh, also we have this space every tuesday at this time so please come join us and you know if you're a writer if you have writer friends that are in the web3 space or curious about the web3 space this is the conversation place for it to happen and we just we want to encourage everybody to come join us finally You guys know that I'm a Moonlings uh, part of the team there. We're going to actually be issuing lore cards for our third lore contest. That's coming up very soon. We've got the lore cards completely ready now. And for those of you who are also Moonlings, we're going to be having a contest to see if your lore can become canon. And also you can win win some Moonlings along the way. So that's all I've got. We've got a tradition here since I'm in Hawaii Uh, which is why I always give times in Hawaii standard time, HST. But since I'm here in Hawaii and I love this ethic of aloha, where it means hello, it means goodbye, but most importantly, it means love. And we all breathe the same air. So we all open up our mics at the same time at the count of three and spread a little aloha. So let's do that to close it out. One, two, three. Aloha. Aloha.
2: Aloha. Aloha.